haven't really talked about science much. Hey, welcome to the Boredom Breaker podcast, where we promise to do two things. A, we will entertain you, and two, we will pray for you. Now, of course, the results, A, are up to you whether or not you will be entertained, and B, up to God and how he wants to answer those prayers. But we'll do our part. So basically, in entertaining and praying, really all we're doing is communicating and facilitating information. But if that's good enough for you, that's good enough for us. So, um, Ian, why don't you introduce us? What's up, everybody? We are the Boredom Breakers. Um, ready to hopefully break your boredom. Uh, what do you guys got? I know, Tanner, you got something you want to talk about today, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to interrupt really quick just because yeah, I, I, I talk too much anyway, so I might as well keep my reputation. <laughs> and, you uh, wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> no. So uh, Tanner mentioned something last week that really I, I had no idea what he was talking about. Like it was it was kind of a, a pre-epiphany as in like, oh, that's that's cool what he just said. And, and so I wanted him to kind of clarify and maybe make that the topic this week. Uh, and it had something to do with Disney Princess. Yeah. Uh, the Disney Princess Effect, I think I called it. Disney Princess Effect. So for those of you watching on YouTube, we have a, a Disney poster for you. Um, for those of you just listening, well, use your imagination. I'm sure you've seen enough Disney movies that you can pick up on what we got here. So the Disney Princess There's Syndrome, what do you mean by that? So kind of like how, you know, I think we can all agree we've seen enough Disney movies. Who agree. They all s- sort of follow like a similar... Uh, a similar arc where there are some similar themes and especially when we think about like classic Disney movies like um, you know Cinderella Sleeping Beauty Snow White things like that um, it's sort of like this fairy tale sort of story right and there's always um, usually a, usually a princess or a prince or some sort of central character and, and things sort of revolve around them and things work to make them happy or uh, they're, they're always at the center of everything going on. Um, and I was having a, a conversation with a good friend of mine, and, and she brought up how we can sometimes act like Disney princesses, <laughs> um, biblically. And what I mean by that is sometimes we have a tendency to sort of um, insert ourselves into the Bible um, in places where maybe, maybe Scripture is talking about Christ or the church. Um, or, or it could be talking about, you know, it can be talking about real, realistically anything. And we're inserting ourselves to be to be the center. Everything hmm. revolves around that. Um, when in reality, you know, uh, it's, it's just not. Okay. And I think, so last week I mentioned um, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, and, and so on. And that was kind of... I think the point that might have been around the time where you mentioned Disney Princess so. Syndrome is where it's like, oh, I want this Bible verse to be about me. Um, but then you go to another Bible verse that maybe is a little more um, condemning or a, a, a little more in, in terms of judgment. And, and that's when Christians will say, oh, well, that's just in the Old Testament. Or, you know, that's, yeah. that, that doesn't pertain to the church today. But Jeremiah 29 11, which was an Old Testament prophetic book pertaining to the nation of Israel, that's definitely about me because it makes me feel good about myself. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. This idea of taking things out of context and, you know, I've, it could be even um, 
scriptures about Christ himself, and then we sort of insert ourselves into, you know, this is what God has planned for me, when, when in reality it's the Father talking about the Son. Okay. Hmm. Good. Ian, anything there? Yeah, I did a little bit of reading on this after you mentioned it um, last week. And uh, they, so it, it's not necessarily just that you put yourself in the center of a story, but it's also can be that like they see all these Disney princesses and like, oh, they're so beautiful and this is what they look like. And, yep. um, you know, oh, I don't look like that. I must not be a princess, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, um, uh, yeah is it? And I have two boys now, and they're both pretty little, three and almost two. Um, and so, you know, I won't necessarily deal with them wanting to be a princess, hopefully. <laughs> but uh, but um, is it is it bad to want to be like that? To want to have the center of attention? To... Mm, no. No? No, I mean, like, to, to see, oh, wow, that, that princess is beautiful. I want to be like that. Oh, Okay. Uh, no, I, I guess I wouldn't think so. I, I have a daughter and she's 10 and sometimes she acts like a, a young lady and a princess, but sometimes she acts like um, a young lady who's not acting like a princess, mm. <laughs> um, which is which is natural. I mean, especially if we go, you know, start with the assumption that all of our children are, you know, little sinners in need of some discipline and some... Um, instruction in the Lord and and we were all in that place once I mean let I'll, I'll just right away throw out the idea of us being naturally good like how right. ch children are children are pure and good and they they learn hatred and they learn racism and they learn all these bad things from adults when they grow up whereas actually the opposite is true but it but in reality they're both kind of true I mean yeah they it is easy for children to learn racism and hatred and, and etc from adults but it's not like we have to twist their arms and teach them stuff they're not already ready to learn and I'll give the example of um, children in, in child care or at, at the house you know you don't have to teach them to fight over toys you don't have to yeah, teach them to be true. selfish you don't have, you don't have to teach children negative things you don't have to teach them to say say no and be rebellious towards their parents like yeah. <laughs> And I have no idea where I'm going with this. I feel like I'm going off on a tangent. So I, I found a quote. I'm going to read this quote, and then I'm going to hand it off to you guys because I'm really not. Um, okay, I think, Ian, you asked about the Disney princess thing. Or it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing for your daughter to want to to be a princess. And then I went off on a tangent. So let me read this quote. I'm okay. Gonna, yeah, and then I'm, and I'm going to shut up for a second. Um, so, Matt Smethurst, I'm not sure if I'm saying his name correctly, um, S-M-E-T-H-U-R-S-T, Matt Smethurst, in his book, Before You Open Your Bible, he says, it's amazing enough that God would communicate with creatures of the dust. And so before we try to put ourselves in the center of our, of, of our story, or of any story, we should start, we should think, well, wait a minute. Uh, at the reality of it all, we have all descended from Adam, who was created just out of the dust. Mm -hmm. uh, so... If God desires to communicate with us, save us, give us life in the first place, etc., etc., we should just be thankful for that and not necessarily even attempt to make ourselves the center of his story. Right. I think, you know, that's that can be a good tell of, of I guess, um, maturity of your faith is sort of identifying where you are hmm. in that story. You know, if if you were, if we're talking about like Christ's crucifixion, 
you know, are you, you know, obviously if you're thinking of yourself as Christ, there's, there's a lot that needs to be worked out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, you know, are, are we thinking of ourselves as the apostles who are going with him and then fleeing? Are we the, you know, are we the, are we the Jewish leaders who want him, who want him killed? You know, and I think uh, a lot of times we can sort of misidentify ourselves in these stories. But at the same time, I think that's a good measure of, of our maturity and our understanding is when we do correctly identify ourselves or when we can more effectively say, you know, this is actually how I fit in. Um, you know, it, it isn't about me, but this is how, this is what I can take from it. So a, a, an honest identification of ourselves in God's story is a sign of maturity in, in faith. Or an assessment of let's not let's not pretend that I know where I am. Let's just be honest about what what God says about me and right. and go from there. Okay. Ian, any thoughts on that? Yeah, it's kind of a uh, I was thinking about it. It's kind of a fine line there because we need to have a right perspective on who we are. And again, we're not you know we're not God. A lot of people think they are that. It doesn't usually go well for them. But. Um, uh, but we're also not worthless, mm-hmm. right? You know, like Jesus didn't die for us because we're, it's, you know, aren't, aren't worth anything. So there, there is an interesting line there that you kind of have to to balance between. It's just an interesting thought, you know. Yeah, and I think I would I would almost twist the thought. And I'm playing with this. I'm not I'm not um, arguing with you, Ian. I'm playing with the idea. You you said that Jesus didn't die for us because we're worthless. But I would want to rephrase it in such a way as to say Jesus died for us to give us true worth. You know, every human, Christian or non-Christian, is created in God's image. So they already have worth as image bearers. But Christ died for, um, for those so that they can be, be more fulfilled in their worth or to be more... Um, so that their worth is recognized by God. Because, you know... If, if you're approaching God, it doesn't, you know, with, without Christ, you're, mm-hmm. you're approaching him as a sinner. You can't, you know, there's separation. That worth right. isn't going to be recognized because it's in a fallen state. Right. I've heard before, I, I can't tell you who said it. I, I, I would have to do some research. But the very first prayer that God, that God hears from a sinner is a prayer of repentance. Um, if it's if if it's not somebody who's really broken over their sins and and truly willing to come to God on His terms, not their own terms, if it's just a prayer like, "Oh God, please, please help my my sick friend," or "God, please, you know, give me, give me this," or "Please help me with my job," you know, these kind of I don't want to say selfish prayers because God is a Father and we're to come to Him with faith in a Father who's a good Father, but at the same time, God doesn't even recognize that voice because it's it, it says what well, jesus is the shepherd who recognizes and well and the sheep recognize his voice i'm getting that mixed up so anyway um does god hear every prayer well if he's omniscient then yes of course he hears every prayer but does god recognize every prayer from um from those whom christ died versus those um who are still lost in their sins i know that's opening up a whole can of worms but does anyone want to comment on that or does anyone want to change the subject either way i'm happy <laughs> I want to make a a baseless argument 
in, in <laughs> to, to argue back. No, I'll just have to do a little, a little research on that. But um, I feel like uh, I feel like God responds to those who cry out to Him. I don't know that I necessarily have to take a, a second to be like, "Oh, God, forgive me." Before, I mean, and I, I'm talking about again someone who's never necessarily prayed before mm-hmm. you know not me personally but um I, I feel like um I, I think that god really does want us to cry out to him and to reach out to him and you know I, I feel like he's a loving father who wants us back and um I, I feel like and also there's the fact that uh, you know people kind of maybe argue this but um i feel like god knows the future and he knows what's going to happen so he knows that maybe in the future, you know, I might change my ways and repent. Um, but I, I just feel like God hears the broken, whether or not they know that they need to repent at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, maybe I'm not making any sense. This isn't no, sense. You, no, you are. No, that's good. And I, I would say, if we're putting the emphasis on God there, that yes, he knows the future. I would say also he, he plans the future. I know, again, we're, now we're getting into free will and stuff too. And, and we, we would have to have like four or five different episodes to really deal with this fully. <laughs> but um, but so in, in that case that you're talking about, okay, yeah, sure, they haven't, they haven't come to a full repentance or a true understanding of, of Christ yet. Um, they haven't maybe heard the gospel or they've previously rejected the gospel. I would say there, you know, even in the story of Pharaoh, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Like God did to Pharaoh what he wanted to do so that he could do through the Egyptians to prove to the Israelites, hey, I'm your God. Don't, why would you ever turn your back on me? Look what I just did to free you from the Israelites. In doing so, I had to harden Pharaoh's heart, right? So there's there's an idea of part of Pharaoh's free will was, first of all, he was rebellious towards God, so he wanted his heart hardened. Second of all, God chose to harden Pharaoh's heart. So same thing with, in the instance you're talking about, Ian, I would argue that the, um, that individual is, God is softening that person's heart. Like, maybe that person hasn't repented yet. Maybe they haven't turned to God uh, and turned to Christ as their Savior, but they're, they're at a point right now where just as God hardened Pharaoh's heart, Right now, he is softening that individual's heart because he is going to bring them to to repentance and to faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's kind of. I think that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Thoughts? Change the subject. I think so. Free will would be a fun fun discussion one of these days. That would be. Well, I think that, just... that would get a little. I think that has the potential to get a little heavy. Yeah. Um, but it, I think it would be a good conversation. Yeah, we're, we're halfway through this episode, so we don't have to dive into free will right now. But uh, Disney Princess Syndrome or uh, anything else along those lines? I, I've got a few Disney quotes that would uh, lean towards the topic of feminism as well, which we don't have time to, to, oh, start, definitely not. to start a topic <laughs> on feminism. But um, Well, I'll just throw this out there then since I brought it up just for fun. Some of the lyrics in Disney movies, I mean, what was it, a couple weeks ago when we talked to Elizabeth Coogan and we asked her what her favorite soundtrack was and she says she loves Disney movies, um, loves Disney music, and and it's good music, and shoot, even in that week we talked about, uh, I don't care who writes the laws, just let me write the songs of a nation, Mm -hmm. you know, and okay, let's think of Frozen. No right, no wrong, no rules for me, I'm free. Let it go, let it go. Beautiful song, catchy, the kids don't know what they're talking about, but they just said... No right, no wrong, no rules for me. It's like, yeah. well, what are you? What are we trying What's to teach the these kids? Here? Yeah. Um, uh, 
anyway, that's there's there's more that I would want to talk about, but that one primarily is just like, man, are we? Is that really what our kids are excited about? Is 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 um what's her name? Zelda. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I almost said Zelda. <laughs> Not the same. Person. Your your daughter adored Frozen for a long time. She did. Yeah, and I. Carrie, so, so oh, maybe I shouldn't talk too much about my personal life on this podcast. I think my wife, not that she listens to it, and I don't know who's oh, actually going to watch on sorry, Facebook. But no, 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 you're, you're fine. I apologize. Oh, oh, for what? Oh, just no. if that no, no, was no. a little, if that was like... I'll just say this. I'll just say this because I'm, it's not a secret. There are times where I'll point things out in movies, and Carrie Anna gets upset because she just wants to enjoy the movie. She just wants to be entertained, hmm. and that's fair. Like... I don't. Yeah. I shouldn't ruin every single movie just because I don't like a lyric or I don't like, oh, oh, guess what they're really saying or behind that, you know. So, anyway, I, whatever the opposite of Disney princess syndrome is, that's what I have. I have ruined movie <laughs> syndrome. <laughs> you have cinema sin syndrome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's funny. Uh, my boys. I don't mind talking about my family. <laughs> my boys uh, love Frozen. And, um, you know, I don't necessarily want to open up this can of worms, but I absolutely believe that that movie has an ulterior motive. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, since we're, since we're on this topic now, that's, that's what I like about our podcast is we, we'll start a topic and then things just happen. We don't know what we're talking about. Uh, okay, so even all the way back to Little Mermaid, you know? And, 1989. Yeah, was it 89? Yep. Was that the year you were born? Nope. Okay. Not even close. Not even close. <laughs> <laughs> Little Mermaid's older than you. Oh yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, shoot, I, I forgot. Damien was born in '94, and you're younger than Damien. So. Yeah. Okay. Hercules was my Disney movie. Oh, for real? Okay. So yeah, yeah. Um, this is where like the little bit of push of feminism is is um. Bet you on land. They understand, but they don't reprimand their daughters. Um, bright young women, sick of swimming, ready to stand. I mean, like God bless those women. Yeah, like, bet they don't reprimand their daughters. Well. My daughter needs reprimanded. Yeah, she's gonna get reprimanded. Yeah. Like Little Mermaid, just because you you have two feet now doesn't mean that you're gonna change the entire structure of how a family is supposed to work. And I know every feminist who's listening to her podcast right now is going to disagree with me, and that's okay. Um, I'll just say that children, and I'll just because we don't talk about science as much as we need to. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so scientifically speaking, or um, practically speaking, there's like psychology behind this, etc. Um, children who grow up with a father and a mother generally do better than one, you know, one parent households. So um, I don't know where I was going with that, and that's off on another tangent. So. I love how you assume that we may have some feminist listeners as if we have any listeners. Well, I just... (laughs) All none of you. Potentially one. (laughs) Someday, someday there's going to be a feminist who's listening to this and they're going to say, I really hate Jerome. And and I will say, um, fair enough, you can hate me. (laughs) (laughs) For that future feminist. Yeah, and I'll say, God bless you, I still love you. Um, Whatever that means. Like... Oh, there's another topic. What does love mean? See, you guys need to take over because my brain is just going from tangent to tangent. One of you needs to take <laughs> it's over. coming up with ideas. Yep. <clears throat> um, what's your guys' favorite Disney movie? I really used to like Robin Hood when I was younger. Of course, now I know that it, what it's about and steal from the rich and give to the poor. I really don't like it as much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I hate every Disney movie. No, um, Robin Hood used to be my favorite. 
at one time. Can That's we fair. choose Star Wars now that it's Disney? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Depends. Was it Disney? Was it Disney when it was released? Uh, not what I, not the one I would choose. Uh, <laughs> one of the newer uh, ones. Well, those are all what Disney, that? but oh, the the older ones. Which one? So which which Star Wars is your favorite? Episode three. Okay. Is that oh. the original New Hope? No, Return of no, the Sith. That's that's Bore. Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, Revenge of the Sith. Is that the one where um, Obi Wan says to? pre-Darth Vader. You were the chosen one! Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I have the high ground, Anakin. <laughs> uh, oh. I, think, I think my real favorite Disney movie is probably Up. Oh, for oh, real? That's a good one. Okay. Absolutely. Um, if you ever want to see a grown man blubber. Yep. Oh, first, first ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Cinematic nearly perfection. I'm going to throw out a... A worldview statement here on that Star Wars um, Revenge of the Sith. Um, right at that scene where... I think it is Obi-Wan who says, Only, Only Sith, Sith deal, deal with, with absolutes. absolutes, which is an absolute statement. Yep. And I'm like, so, Obi-Wan is a Sith! Um, I knew it. I, the argument I've heard in, in um, response to that is, Obi-Wan wasn't actually dealing in absolutes. He was just making an absolute statement, and there's a difference. Oh, he wasn't acting on his absolute statement. Correct. I see. Yeah. Anyway. Um, it makes sense. Yeah. So I didn't want to get into a, a philosophical argument at, at that time. <laughs> <laughs> Especially it was something I really didn't care about. I just like catching um, um, grammatical and philosophical inconsistencies because I'm sure I'm plenty guilty of it myself. Yeah. My wife and I are actually both like that. What you were talking about earlier with pointing stuff out with movies. Mm. Um, so we don't. I don't mind when she does it, and she doesn't mind when I do it. We always are like, ah, gotcha. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, no, I can't get away with it. Oh, there's a cameraman in the shot. <laughs> no. We watch a ton of Cinema Sins, though. I know you mentioned it before, yeah. Tanner. Cinema Sins. Great channel. Mm -hmm. Cinema Sins. Oh, oh, interesting. Is that a YouTube like, channel? Yeah. Okay. They do, oh, like, yeah. everything wrong with, and then they'll point huh. out tons of, like, errors in movies and they do like uh, I think they average like 150 per movie what? Oh, just wow. go through the whole movie and point out everything that's wrong with it wow that's cool yeah and it, it's really it's a comedy channel but it's also yeah. um, it's also actual things that are wrong with the movie too uh huh I think you'd like it I probably would yeah I'd have to check it out one of these days <laughs> I did you miss me some of my children are home. Parker, which Star Wars is your favorite movie? What? Which is your favorite Star Wars? Uh, besides the Star Wars movies? No, you're, it has to be a Star Wars. Which Star Wars is your oh, favorite? the third one. Revenge of the Sith? Oh, yes. okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, we're, get, we're getting, we're getting, you're on the podcast right now, Parker. Oh, cool. Um, I'm on TV. Well, almost, yeah. You, you're on volume right now, but you're not on TV yet. Hey, really quick. Not yet. When Obi-Wan says, only Sith deal in absolutes, is he making an absolute statement? Yeah. Is that okay? No. Why not? Because only Sith deal in absolutes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. I like yeah. him. Good. So, oh, I also saw something, and it said that Obi-Wan is actually good on the low ground and not the high ground. 
because he defeated Darth Maul on the low ground. He oh. defeated uh, General Grievous. Ooh, and when he said, true. I have the high ground, he was tempting Anakin to jump over him so he would be lower than him. Oh, and it worked. And it worked. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Mm. We'll have to have Parker on again one of these days when we have a full Star Wars episode. Yeah. There we go. Uh, we should just make all our episodes Star Wars episodes. In a way, I think they... The Star Wars cast. Uh, we, we mentioned Star Wars when we talked with um, Elizabeth. I can't remember if we did before that, when we just talked oh, about music we did, by yeah. ourselves. And last week, we talked about culture and communication and language, which is going to be our topic for next week as well. But... I don't think we talked about Star Wars last week. There's all kinds of culture in Star Wars. Yeah, that's true. It's close enough. Yeah. <laughs> so here's like almost synonymous with some culture at this point. Oh, I have no idea what I'm doing now. I was going to read another quote, but I'm just kind of scrolling through randomly. Um, so I'm you not. Have no idea to... what you're doing now. <laughs> in, in addition to most often. I Something still, has changed. Yeah. <laughs> I still have no idea what I'm doing. There you go. Yep. Okay. I'm so glad it's not just me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's everybody. Okay, good. good. If you see someone who knows what they're doing, they're a pretty good liar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought this was a fun quote. I'll just read another quote for fun. Uh, this is by Dave Harvey in his book, Rescuing Ambition. Don't wait for the extraordinary. The Christian life is inherently risky every day if we care to take it seriously. You know, I, I think a lot of times we we think we need something epic, we need something big, you know, we got all these epic movies and I mean, but hobbits were just ordinary creatures who got pulled along on a journey that an unexpected journey. Of course, yeah. I'm talking about the Lord of the Rings now, but otherwise they were not adventurous, they were not epic, they were not um, heroes by any means. They were just hobbits who really liked to eat and drink and they had furry feet. And um, if that's all it means to be, to live the hobbit life and every once in a while that adventure comes along, then that's good enough for me. So to be a Christian, if I'm not looking for the extraordinary, I'm simply living in the the ordinary Christian life, that's good enough for me knowing that God will transition the adventure in his time and that we just need to be ready for it when it comes. Here's an interesting thought, just to kind of relate it back to what we were talking about earlier, and kind of along the lines of epic movies, but I would say that like the ordinary is what kind of makes like Disney movies and like movies in general like important. Hmm. In the sense that like you know, if you take if you take the Avengers for instance, right, and and you have, you know, the the Avengers versus Thanos, and and that that's it. They're just fighting hmm. without anybody. Well, it doesn't really matter at this point. It's just a <laughs> it's a it's a heated debate, <laughs> you know. But the fact that the ordinary is what's on the line, sure, is like what kind of gives it meaning. And it's the same with like Lord of the Rings. Like, uh, ordinary life is kind of like that's what's being protected. Yeah. And that's what makes it worthwhile, I guess. That's a great point. So the epic battle presupposes that the ordinary is worth preserving. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That was just a thought. Yeah. Good that's thought. It. I like it. And you said you had nothing interesting to say. 
Besides, my, one. Yes. besides <laughs> my constant interruptions and ramblings, you you led the show, Tanner. Great. I hope <laughs> I hope it was okay. And then Ian Ian, of course, I'm not excluding you. I just you've you you helped balance it out. I'm just here for the paycheck. That's right. <laughs> Well, speaking of paychecks, do you want to close us out? <laughs> we're at 28 minutes. We're at, we're at 28 minutes, and we have not done an ad for this episode, which means we're probably not getting paid. Speaking of paychecks, here's your chance to earn it. <laughs> here's a chance to, to pretend like we are going to get paid. Brought to you by Gardettos. All right. Excellent. <laughs> I hope. Gardettos, if you're listening, talk to us. Yeah, hook us up. They're gonna they're gonna say yeah we're willing to sponsor but you have to cut this out and cut this out and cut this out and never talk about this again. <laughs> yeah. Mm, yeah, that'll be rough. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Share yeah. this episode with your feminist friends and your Lord of the Rings friends and your Star Wars friends, and if they happen to be all three, they would really love this episode. Yeah. And anyone who and... likes Disney. True. Disney, I forgot oh, that's how we started. Sorry, what were you going to say, Ian? And if you share with your feminist friend and they want to be on the show, we gladly have them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, track us down. I'm not going to give you my phone number, um, but you can find me on the interwebs somewhere. It's Jerome with a J. You guys aren't going to yeah. give out your information. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> um, breakers at gmail.com. If you can spell boredom breakers, I don't remember exactly what it is. Do you know how it is? Um, Just keep looking I for. I think it's pretty standard. Or there's a B. Boredom. Boredom breakers at gmail.com. If you find us, drop us a line, um, and we'll get back to you when we can. Uh, thanks for joining us. Have a great week. God bless. See you guys. <laughs>